Everybody and welcome to episode 406 of the Siren Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my spinning it co-hosts Peter and Jake. Right, Kurt, you're totally right. Never been wrong. Never wrong. <laughs> um, this week, I'm coming at you with the uh, open net slapshot edition of the cast. <laughs> uh, I've been told this is the most vile event in sports history. Truly an unforgivable act. Um, I believe the Toronto Maple Leafs can now declare war on the rest <laughs> of the NHL for violating the sacred rules of, of hockey. <laughs> Literally, I know nothing about NHL, but all, only that the fucking Maple Leafs have their diaper in a twist over, I guess. The Maple Leafs perpetually have their diaper in a twist because they haven't won anything in like... 45 years did they get what did they get like scored on like yeah no they 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 pulled their goalie so it's like one of the it's not really a policed unwritten rule of hockey but it's kind of impolite to like stop and do a big slap shot on an empty net after they've pulled their goalie yeah. Instead it's, of just kind of like the caliber of like wristing it in. celebrating in the end zone it's kind of like in baseball, you're not supposed to like walk across the pitcher's mound if you have to go back to the dugout and you got thrown out like third base or something. Yeah, it's one of those sorts of things. I mean, it's like what it's like what the uh, like what, what was it the Falcons did to the Saints or vice versa, where it was the end of the game. They were up by like thirty something points. They were supposed to take a knee, but instead they just ran it into the end zone. Yeah, yeah like Bill like Belichick, who would like score touchdowns of kicking field goals when he was up by eighty, and be like, "Well, it gives them a chance to stop us from scoring." It's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're fired. <laughs> so, it's it was a it was a breach of etiquette yeah. on that level. Well, but the the Leafs were they had been, they went off for the next week on every social media platform, and it got big enough that it caught the mainstream for a little bit. And so I heard about it. Yeah, it's the- uh, it's just typical Leafs fans being whiny little bitches. I don't know, man. It's part of the game. You pull your you pull your goalie. It's kind of part of the uh, the risk you take. You know, they probably weren't too thrilled about playing six against five. I don't know how many numbers you have. What? Uh, you, no, you're right. Nine, six on five. Six and on five? they. I believe they did it once in the game. So typically if you're down like one score and it's in the last few seconds, if you clear it out of your zone, you'll pull your goalie so you can have an extra attacker yeah. on offense and have a man advantage. So theoretically, someone will always have an open shot on goal. Mm-hmm. Right. It, uh, it's a proven strategy. It works like... A little more frequently than just playing five on five would, <laughs> but they got once if you get past the back line, yeah, yeah, that's that's the risk you take. It's it's part of the strategy element, and if they get past you, I don't think it really much matters if they style on the shot or not. It's not like he shot it between the fucking legs or some shit like that. Yeah, that would be a little unsportsmanlike, but no, he just took a fucking clapper. Yeah. So and it was the one it was one shot 
that I saw. So it's it wasn't like they were doing it all game. Yeah. No. I, they, well, I wouldn't think they would, but yeah. Anyways, we are uh, we're coming at you live from a very unique place this time. Um, we're in Hollywood. In the confusion are, zone. <laughs> we're we're in the. Uh, where they make the limited edition popcorn buckets for all the different movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're watching them load up boxes of Kung Fu Kung Fu Panda four Kung buckets. Fu Panda. Kung, Kung Fu Panda. Um, cute little. Wait Panda till Panda. you guys see the little uh, drink toppers for Godzilla versus Kong. Got one that looks like you're drinking out of Kong's dick. Yeah, so kind of he's, weird. He's grabbing the straw with his mecha fist. <laughs> kind of weird, you know. They kind of just. They kind of just left the old sign up at this factory because it's a, it is a dildo and fleshlight factory that um, they kind of repurpose into this popcorn bucket thing. I don't know if it's a new thing. I mean, you all saw the Dune buckets. I mean, those are just oh, some of them actually the for his pleasure, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and some of them feature real sand. <laughs> it's for lubrication. <laughs> They said we're gonna put so yeah, much sand, in this. the lowest friction material I can think of. We're gonna make you feel like the muahajib. If you fuck without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm imagining Dune, but you know those like thumpers that they put out. Instead of making the big bass sound, it just plays sea bat, and they're just walking <laughs> through the desert while it's playing in the background. So you've seen the videos of the guy who makes the. Um, the flashlights that are themed after movies and stuff like that. All right, let's make a let's make a prediction for Dune Occasionally. two real quick here. Oh, okay. Um, will we get a post credits comedy scene of Christopher Walken <gasps> in his full emperor outfit doing the fat boy slim weapon of choice dance? I please <laughs> that we better. I'm speaking it into existence. I'm I'm hoping we get a post credit. Make sure to use the voice, Kurt. I'm hoping we get a post credit. I'm hoping we get a post slim dance. A post credit scene of Zendaya in her new C three PO outfit. And and I I can't wait to see that in the movie. That was actually kind of a cool story where it was like the original like uh, uh, robot outfit from like the nineties from some classic sci fi. Yeah, I don't know what she repurposed. The Rocketeer, maybe. Let me, uh, let me look it up. Zendaya outfit. No, Zendaya. I'm sure you're gonna get exactly what you're looking for. Uh, uh, Zendaya uh, wore a silver suit of armor to the Dune to, Dune Part Two world premiere on Thursday. It looked. Uh, it was originally created by Thierry Mugler in 1995. Okay, so it's it's a haute uh, haute couture. I'm saying that right uh, from an, from this guy Terry Mugler's 1995 collection, based on 1925 Futuras from Metropolis. Okay, rad. Well, um, it's it's cool because it you know, shows <laughs> boobs and butt, uh, but yep. she's wearing a. And, uh, a, a suit underneath it, so it. And then Timothy Chalamet is wearing the holographic pants, with just a t-shirt and and a big old cod piece. <laughs> well, yeah, he's just the... he's just hanging out here. Let oh, me. Oh yeah, also... yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Pass that pick. <laughs> he's just wearing the tinfoil pants. With what just... the? 
she's like she's out here like going deep on the history like getting the like the top level fashion he just like hey my pants are shiny <laughs> I put dude Reynolds fucking stole those from mc fucking hammer <laughs> <laughs> they were riding a little low so i pulled them up <laughs> straight out of reynolds rap my man <laughs> My outfit is brought to you by a Reynolds Wrap Aluminum. When I say oil. smuggling cod in there, I actually mean like frozen fish. He's gonna put on the grill at the barbecue later. He's got he's got an entire fucking uh, case of frozen meat in there. It's like an igloo cooler. And we love him for it. We stand a Timothy Charcucci board. I want Timothy Chamomile. Um, it's a sleepy guy. Timothy yeah. Cabernet. <laughs> That's my Trump nickname for Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, Timothy Chamomile. Timothy Chamomile. So Puts sleepy. me to sleep. You ever seen his movies? So boring. Timmy Chalamet. I do unironically un- un- call my son Sleepy Joe from time <laughs> to time. So it's he do be getting oh, sleepy. So. I found I found a list of every rejected vanity plate from 2022. There are so many good ones on there. That's such I'm a Peter gonna... search. That's such. <laughs> yes, this is the, this is the kind of thing that you only talk about if you know Peter Hoskins. <laughs> yes. Um, I will send you the link. Let's not. We're not going down this today. That's actually the internet search history. He wanted you to to delete on his deathbed. He's like, please don't let them, don't let them find my, don't let them see my search history. Thirty nine pages of. Of uh, rejected license plates. Don't let them find my 36 ways to cook salmon, canned salmon, in a toaster. Don't look up all the reviews of canned fish I watched because the guy doing that was super goofy. He's he's it's the per- he's got perfect dork energy. It's it's amazing. Alrighty, let's talk about some trailers. Let's get the talk show about started. Some trailers. Um, trailers. Uh, not unlike the ones that would need a vanity license plate, um, except they're completely different from those class of trailers. Uh, we got quite a few uh, sort of big-ish uh, trailers to talk about, and we also have some, some maybe not so big ones. Uh, let's start with a pair from the same writers and directors. Uh, yeah. We got Damsel, which is a very confusing movie um, about... <laughs> Sacrificing a virgin to a dragon, I think. I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting. She's not at. in distress. She's gonna yeah, fight her she's way gonna, out. Gonna slay the dragon. She's uh, unhappy with being sacrificed. Totally normal really, response. I mean, yeah, like I mean, that's that tracks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Millie Bobby Brown's trying to take on more diverse roles. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't think this is going to be. She's been uh, doing like Netflix stuff for a while now. Yeah, she um, she definitely signed with, some sort of what, multi. Holmes, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure her Stranger Things contract still has her locked up for a while. <laughs> well, I think this is all their their last Stranger Things thing. So, it, but yeah, they. I mean, it's so weird because like the Stranger Things universe, like they were going what. Like in universe, it's supposed to be like only a couple of years, but they've all aged like ten. Yeah, 
somewhere. They're all like getting to be near grown up now. Well, it's yeah. the it's the same problem you have with any uh, show that stars child actors. You know, they grow up. And they grow up pretty quick, and pretty soon you have a Harry Potter situation where they're all like thirty, mm-hmm. trying to pass off as being like fifteen. Well, it's especially noticeable when they're when they're that young, and they they did start off pretty young. I feel like. They, they yeah, they were like, like eight or ten or something like that. Yeah. And you know, I guess maybe if you're gonna have anybody do it, I guess it's Millie Bobby Brown can pull off like looking a lot younger than she actually is. I think girls in general are able to do that. They're able to. You know, plaster them up with more makeup. And... Well, that's because they. I think it's because uh, women like finish growing a lot sooner. Like a lot of a lot of women are done growing by the time they're like thirteen or fourteen. There is that. I I don't know if y'all have that growing up. There's that. There's that quick like one year window, in which the girls were more athletically capable than the guys. Oh yeah, like fifth hit, and sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. that's they that's hit puberty the right before the dudes. So. There was they had they had the physical advantage for a quick quick two hundred days. Yeah, and then we came back and beat them all up. We're like, ha ha! Well, now we're bigger. We got testosterone. <laughs> we're all really pimply and very angry, and we don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, testosterone is like the closest <laughs> thing we have to like the green glowing mutant goo from <laughs> from fucking superhero movies. It's just. Nature just said, "Yeah, no, half of half of humans are going to get the super soldier serum. They're going to have to give like, up their hair, but we just start like drinking that shit or something, right? Like <laughs> Google well, what me... foods have testosterone in them? They, well, hey, they do make hey, testosterone jello. Jake, if you want to see what you know, drinking testosterone can do for you, uh, I can introduce you to my friend Barry." <laughs> Hell yeah. Had a very dude. successful baseball career. Well, let me tell you. I've been thinking for a long time about going Where to in his late 30s, he put up better numbers than he had ever put up before. Hell yeah. I'm so a totally natural aging process. Speaking of naturally aging process, are the same well, writers naturally a, aged in... Oh, what you say? Do we want to talk about Sasquatch Summer? Yeah, we I yeah. I led into the pair of movies from the oh, same yeah. people. I thought we were pair. moving I thought you were moving away from it, Jake. Like no, we didn't no, no, no. start. Jake no. Jake guided us gently into it and then you came in and ruined it. <laughs> well, because they, they they all looked like they're fucking naturally aging with like dirt. Because uh, the makeup's really good. Um Sasquatch Sunset. Uh it, it's ironic or funny, I don't know. It's sad that in the promos for this they're putting out the same people who brought you Damsel, a movie that is not out and we have just finished talking about. Yeah. Um, executive producer Ari Aster, uh, I don't really give a fuck who the writers are. It's got... Um, but they wrote uh, Damsel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, what is it? Kumiko, the treasure hunter? Oh, uh, yes. Kumiko, yeah. the treasure hunter. Totally. Oh, because you forget, the writers and directors of Kumiko, the treasure hunter, and Damsel, um, and then it's got... Jesse Eisenberg and Riley Keough, Christopher Zajak Denick, and I don't know, Nathan Zellner. It doesn't matter who they are because they're plastered in makeup. Because they're all they dressed up the, like Sasquatches. They have big rubber Sasquatch masks on, and it looks like the Star Wars Christmas special. Yes. And it's going to play like it, too. <laughs> that, is, that is the perfect. 
the perfect explanation of the makeup. So it I is the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> well, you know what's also funny is that like they're touting the writers of this when this has no fucking dialogue. Yeah. It's it's all grunts and like what what does the stage direction look like? Like what does the screenplay I want to see like the script. This? I want to see what's written out under each character block for dialogue. And you know, it probably doesn't matter because I bet I bet half of that is changed like when they actually get on <laughs> they scene. They had to stop like, for rewrites. <laughs> maybe maybe we should do this or like maybe we should do that. Oh, man, I don't know. So it's... the only thing I know about this. So I guess the premise of the movie is following around a family of sasquatches in the wilderness and shit ensues literally um the only Pooping other and fucking I... and sniffing skunk butt yeah the only other thing i know about this movie is that at the at the uh sundance film festival um people walked out watching it and they were kind of like just put off by how grotesque it was or how just like i think just immature is probably the best word for it like they they didn't put a twenty four in front of it, so people they they weren't sure what to expect. Like this is this is like um, they didn't think putting, it was so brilliant without the a twenty four logo in front of it. Like they're yeah. they're dressing up like fart and pee jokes and poop jokes. Well, to be fair, up in a Sasquatch. we just reviewed what is considered one of the greatest comedies of all time last week, which leaned heavily into fart yeah. and pee. I understand jokes. that, yeah, and I mean, I think we all. I think that, some of us like, agree what, that that was what is kind of the, the, what is Swiss what Army part? Man doing that this movie isn't doing? I think it's the corpses. <laughs> if corpses it's a corpse is. farting, funny. Sasquatch farting, abomination. <laughs> Total <laughs> Not funny. Get that off of my screen. That's offensive. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> it's like it's like the fucking Eric Andrea sketch. What if it was purple? It's like <laughs> what if it was what if it was farting? <laughs> it's a Sasquatch. Just <laughs> oh. Fuck. Yeah. Um, they're squatching. They're just squatching. They're squatching. Yeah. I don't. There's not much else to be said about this. It's. Um, they're just say, straight squatching. Really into Sasquatches. Go see this movie. Um, but if you're really into French girls, you might want to go see this movie. French girl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so brave. <laughs> I didn't really know how to. So uh, stunning. I, I I couldn't see the line between Sasquatch and French. You're girl. so Zach Braff. Um, yeah, um, if you're into f- French and uh, Scrubs, go see this movie, French Girl, about a guy trying to propose to his girlfriend who is it, Canadian. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, he <laughs> finds out she ain't a pussy once. How I Met Vu Mama. <laughs> Omelette uh, du Fromage was the working yeah. title of this. All right. Um, yeah. Mult- I have questions. Why? <laughs> my first question is, one, will this do better than Bon Cop, Bad Cop? Will this take the reins? Um, which I think Resident Evil already did that. So yes. Got, will this do better than Resident that. Evil? Um, Impossible. True. It's true. Um, and two, why is... Zach Braff wearing like medieval surf like like outfits in half the scenes in this movie. I'm ass- I'm assuming it's part of the plot, but like he's inexplicably in like a tunic and vest in like some dialogue scenes. 
I'm sure that's part of his character, but it's like uh, he's probably um, a um, theater kid. Oh no! I just saw a scene in this, and they had a Michigan Rummy board up, and I feel like that's a reference that's just for me, in particular. <laughs> Peter's gonna love this. <laughs> put this in. Put this in. <laughs> He's got. He's got to come see the movie now. It's at like one minute when he. It's the. It's the fucking stop sign that's tacked onto the fence at one minute. That's a. That's a Michigan Rummy board. That's the. That's the only interesting thing for me about this movie. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it's, it's, it's. Has Rimoli in the center. Is that French for Rummy? That might be. Well, now, now you now I gotta all see know something. That, I have the. In- <laughs> You're intrigued. There's a little bit of mystery. We've got we've got the mysterious Zach Braff and in uh, peasant garb. We've got Michigan Rummy. Like, what else do you want to see in this movie? The plot. What else could you no. possibly be interested in? Um. Yeah, so the, is... uh, the 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 premise is um he wants to propose to this girl, and then she, at the same time he's talking about this. Um, tells him that they're going to move up to French Quebec uh, up in North Canada <laughs> and Northern Canada. I guess a little bit more. It's, and... it's pretty, pretty south. It's like three hours north of where I am. Well, but he said, so I don't, I, I didn't know uh, where exactly it was, but in the movie, it sounds like, unless they're starting south, maybe they're living, like, in in New York or some of that. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're probably south of Canada. Yeah. I would imagine that. Well, this trailer doesn't do a good job. He leaves up. Brooklyn, New York for her hometown. Okay, Brooklyn. There we go. Wow, another movie set in New York City. So smart and well brave. to start with, they're gonna go elsewhere. It's the whole thing. They're playing the whole thing in reverse, where it starts as Christmas in New York City, <laughs> and it works backwards from there. Mm-hmm. It's like Memento, but a rom com. <laughs> so whatever, they're going up way, 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 way north to French <laughs> Quebec. They're going um, like they're going to the, the 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 whole pole. Yeah, they're basically in the Arctic, <laughs> um, which sucks for them. It's cold up there, uh, and she's going up there for some culinary bullshit that's happening, uh, where she gets apparently hired by her ex, um, and there is going to be a little bit of a love triangle, maybe I don't know. And her ex is good at everything, but Zach's the right guy for her. Probably, maybe is this a rom? Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know. All I know is they speak um, a fucking dumb language, and well, all I know is we spent a lot of time talking about French girls, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know what, they, we can, you know, let's challenge them. Let's see who can count to one hundred the fastest. Yeah, true. Fuck <laughs> They'll still be counting next week. I'll, I'll take that bet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the conver- the conversion rate on syllables is terrible. Yeah, Jesus. And, like, they're, they're the very least efficient spellers in the world. <laughs> they want The metric system said we have to use all the alphabet letters equally. 
We have to bring them. That was one of the reasons from one of the French revolutions. They demanded equal representation amongst all letters in the alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great day for the letter X. (laughs) Though it still faces microaggressions today because it's (laughs) silent in most cases. Let X speak. Speaking speak of the on X. X. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of X-Men shit on Trey Watch this week. And there's another movie that has X in the title. So Hell yeah. That's so there. That's that's a coincidence, I'm I'm sure. Wow. Um yeah, let's talk do you want to talk about X-Men here? Yeah, let's talk about X-Men ninety seven. Uh yeah. X-Men ninety seven has a release date and a trailer. Uh March twentieth, it'll be coming out to Disney Plus. It does seem to be keeping the promise of picking up exactly where uh, the last season of X-Men left off. And um, it's got an interesting art style. It's it's not expensive-looking animation, and it's not really the same, like, very detailed art style of the original. Yes. So it... it it's this real weird middle ground where, like, some of the criticism that it looks like Archer, I feel, is, is not invalid. Yeah, it, it, there was a couple of movies on Netflix that kind of looked like this. Uh, America, the motion picture. Uh, what was that one with mm. Secret Agent Elvis or whatever? Mm. Right, where Elvis was, like, a member of the FBI or something? I do not recall. I, I don't doubt that it exists, but yeah. I do not remember. Um, those were like, yeah, it was this kind of like almost, almost flash animation, uh, style (laughs) of like, um, very, not, not really super expressive, very easy to put together, easy to set up kind of just, um, not composited, but I don't don't know the right word for where it's like very like puppet like sort of animations where stop motion. No, no. Just that like, it feels as if. They're not, you know, they're not redrawing the frame, every, the character every frame. It's they have the arm piece and the the shoulder piece, and it's all right. Like, the uh, like pivot figure. points, yeah, yeah. Everything, all emotions like articulated. It kind of feels like that. Um, I, I took that as like it was just the frame rate was like lowered. Yeah, somewhat. it is. I did go back and see the. I watched the original X Men '97, the actual '97 X Men '97 intro for comparison, and I realized something that it was uh, like a the detail that X Men came out '95. Oh, '95. Okay. Yeah. So this. Okay. So I guess this is taking two years after the events of that series. Then maybe. Well, it's at, uh, that. See, I think it ran till '97. Okay. Um, and then this is picking up where it left it's off. Like um, what I noticed that was kind of, it's not in this, maybe it'll be in the intro, but like, because of all the comic book movie fervor and pop culture stuff that, uh, that's been on the rise, like, I forgot that like, comic book stuff had a different aesthetic vibe in the 90s. Like, I look at the intro for the old show, and when they show all the characters, they show them with like, the, the poster uh, title font. Oh, I'm sorry. 92. Came out in 92. 92. Ran five okay. seasons and in 97. Okay. So the, the 92 show. And like, I look at the, the title cards for like superhero movies today and they're all very slick, very like modern, minimalist. And it's like, I feel like we did kind of lose something from the giant like 
old style kind of giant block fonts that they used for you know that they would put on old comic book covers um yeah i was like oh i like this i like the color selection it's very it's very bright very poppy in a way it's not now um yeah well that yeah that's the we we got to a point and i blame apple for this entirely where <laughs> the the in vogue graphic design thing was to be as plain minimalist and boring as possible and we lost a lot of personality along the way just look yeah. we'll get any graphics package for something in the 90s and you will see a lot of like wild colors extreme in your face shapes and styles and you know it, everything kind of felt a little more distinct and a lot more intense yeah i feel like the world today is kind of sanitized and i partially blame the lack of fancy titling <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll put it all on that like yeah i'm looking at this trailer and i'm excited for more of this but if you look at the again the color palette and stuff um it feels just they took the the brightness down it it doesn't it really does not feel the same it feels um, a lot flatter yes it's not um, it doesn't have that um kind of uh sometimes a little cheesy but that that bombast that the, the 90s had where this is just like ah oh, we're it feels that's what i was gonna say it feels more like an 80s flashback like a 80s retro kind of thing than a 90s retro kind of thing yeah it, i mean to me it just kind of looks like some cheap modern stuff um but you know i don't x-men the original series is not what I would call a fantastic looking cartoon. The reason why I like it and it's popular is because it told really good stories. So as long as this does that, it'll be okay. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So fingers crossed. Disney has, they're, they're trying to figure out what they're doing with Disney plus. Um, so maybe this will be a, a nice little, um, It'd be nice if this does well, and we could maybe get revivals of other Marvel animated series, like uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series, you know, that was canceled uh, with plans for a revival season. That sounded really interesting. It would have involved Spider-Man going and searching for Mary Jane, like, who's lost in time, including going back to... London Of course, they'd have to bring back Madam Web. Well, they wouldn't have to, but... I'm going to bring up a possible um, unfortunate aspect of this that um, maybe would be interesting to see, maybe not, is that with the timing of them coming out with X-Men, X-Men 97 and then the timing of them like wanting to put mutants into the MCU, do you think there's going to be any try to like the tie it into each other? Maybe, like, um, I, I, I would not. doubt it. They're gonna try to bridge that gap a little bit, maybe just a little bit. They just sent, they just sent the, um, what, what's her name, Only Maria Lambeau from the Marvels to uh, to an X Men universe. So yeah, uh, only if it's Deadpool. A, I mean, yeah, I mean ninety seven, ninety seven. Uh, Deadpool is gonna try to tie it up. That would be really fucking interesting, actually. If at the end of like ninety seven. 
they bring in Ryan Reynolds to voice like a Deadpool in the X Men somehow. Or um, if the after credit scene on Deadpool and Wolverine is like, hold up, Wolvie, I got an adventure in another <laughs> in another Disney product, and he jumps into the the X Men '97 show. That'd be interesting. Um, I, I doubt it, seeing as this is coming out in March, and Deadpool and Wolverine isn't coming out until July. Darn. Um, also, they've not really crossed over their animated products, and they have done animated projects like Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, uh, and I think even Ultimate Avengers 2 came out uh, during the run of the MCU, and they've kind of kept those separate. I, I just thought I heard somewhere that they were... Well, I mean, just because you heard it so. There's a lot of dumbass people who spread whatever rumor they come up with well, on the internet. No, from like people in the studio like talking about if they plan on making 97 into the, like, tying that into the MCU or something. Um, I don't know. It could have been them just reading into the answers and them being super wishy-washy on the answer, um, but whatever. Uh, I, I do, I hope they don't leave it its own thing. Um, and maybe find a return to form and a, a new fan base for kind of so a, media. I feel like they kind of need X-Men to be really popular. Because I, I feel like, I, I don't know if they have this view of it, but from my point of view, the only thing that can really revive the MCU is the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Because they're, they're, the, they're the next most popular property they have yeah it definitely makes sense i mean they i i think x-men won um i don't know what if it ever got bad when it got i mean x3 i think is probably like known as x3 is when it when it when it kind of shat itself because they replaced brian singer with brett ratner and x1 and x2 were pretty solid x2 was Um, great for a while x2 was in my opinion the best superhero movie ever made um, I mean, I don't know if it's just the fact that FX like always replayed X. Well, they replayed X two and X three a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, and and they they played that a lot, so there was a lot of love for that. And I think for a while they were just like continuing that franchise for a while with like the Phoenix stuff, and then I think they did the the Wolverine. So um, yeah, so they like yeah they did the Wolverine origin. So after X three, they kind of like pump the brakes a little bit and they did x-men origins wolverine right after that in 2009 and that was received okay yeah it never got back to like x1 or x2 level until logan and then um yeah so they x-men first class was really well received um that that. came out in 2011 that kind of started the relaunch that was the mcavoy universe so yeah, from yeah, that man. you had um you know apocalypse which was terrible and dark phoenix which was terrible yeah, but you did get days of future past in there which was really good um so it wasn't all bad no they, i mean they had some really you got the wolverine movies. and of course you had the two deadpool movies mm-hmm. yep yeah um and of course so the aforementioned this... logan this movie is, is the Deadpool and Wolverine is kind of about all this because it's um, yeah. the plot is of course Wade's getting it's his birthday he's getting older just like the MCU 
Um, I, I that might be a theme of it. I don't know. But the TVA takes him, and they're like, "You have to, <laughs> you have to save all this shit. You have to well, save yeah, Wade, the MC." Well, Wade. Um, yeah, Wade has like gotten out of crime fighting. Um, he he really he knew it. Like, put his family and the people who he loved in danger. So he he like I think in the like the synopsis he got a or like a menial job and is just trying to like make ends meet yeah he's um, got like a a supermarket t-shirt on yeah. and one scene with a name tag when we last left him he took cable's time travel device and was hopping around different universes fucking shit up and like erasing his mistakes in the past and that's why in this movie or in the beginning part of the trailer you see a lot of the people who died i mean if you remember some of that i think i think some of the people who are standing here like um i don't remember the guy's name the one of the task force task force x guy the japanese guy he died and then i yeah. think um so did his his wife was dead still so I believe he's so, going yeah. back and like bringing back the people who died um and messing up the timeline well so did the avengers so <laughs> yeah uh, but they replaced the stones, so <laughs> that doesn't matter anymore. You're gonna make a branch, uh, anyways. Um, so yeah, that's when the TVA gets involved, and I think I think using the TVA to bring Deadpool into the MCU is probably the best way you could have done it. I think it's pretty solid, um, especially because I think people accept, and I think they are happy with where Loki went. Um, with and it's kind seasons. of like. It's a goofier organization, right? So, like, yeah. the, the energy that Deadpool brings seems to fit well within that. Well, and, and even Loki, they were having fun with it. Like, I, everybody still brings up, I think, the scene where the guy opens his drawer and there's a bunch of Infinity Stones. And he's like, yeah, well, they're just, like... Bring that up as an example of bad writing, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, well... They're not taking it seriously. Yeah, they, they're, they're able to have fun with it and, um, you know... Deadpool, I think, or they could go a different route where the TVA, or at least this TVA, is a little bit more serious. Like they're really strict to their job, but Deadpool comes in here and kind of pulls like a Loki and then kind of like messes with stuff and um, adds the levity to the straight man that is the TVA or whoever's going to be the. Um, well, Wolverine's the obviously going to be the straight man. <laughs> yeah, later on, I don't know how they're going to bring how they're bringing him in. I don't. I, I still don't understand. I'm not sure like, on that, and I'm not sure how I feel about Hugh Jackman being Wolverine again after Logan. It yeah. kind of doesn't feel right to me. Unless this is his, yeah, like, I was going to say, he already had the perfect, but he, yeah. He, he had, had the perfect farewell adventure. for the character with Logan. Like, you could not have written a better ending for that character. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know why. Maybe I'll it, tell you it why. Be... It's 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 for one reason and one reason only. Because in the beginning of Deadpool, Reynolds makes a joke about Hugh Jackman and having smooth balls down under. <laughs> and so when they finally had Wolverine and Deadpool meet, it had to be Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Well, you know, yeah. I, and I'm I sure it'll think... be great to see him again but it's it feels yeah. kind of like it's like watching rick flair wrestle after his match with Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 24 it just it didn't feel right you know i also kind of see it as like 
you know, Ryan Reynolds coming back to play Deadpool in Deadpool 1 was kind of owning up to the mistake that they made when writing, was it Wolverine Origins? Yeah, X-Men yeah. Origins Wolverine, yeah. the one we were just were talking about. Up? Yeah, were they, were they Baraka Pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was really bad. So they were like, okay, he's like, yeah, I need, I can't let that be the last time I do this. And I think there might have been like, oh man, we never got to have this interaction between Deadpool and Wolverine that's so prevalent in the comics. And that was their interaction was that movie was Wolverine meeting Deadpool was still the last instance of that. So they're like, we still have to button that up. I know. And I, you know, they're also friends on the outside. So yeah, maybe there's a lot of like, they took a lot of smoozing to get, um, you know, bring them into this, um, which maybe that's, maybe there was a lot of, like, I don't, I don't feel um, like they had to twist his arm to get him to come back. Um, but like, it's just, it's just. I think it's more of a fan thing. Like, I'm sure Hugh Jackman was like, "Sure, I'd love to come back and do a lighter-hearted version of Wolverine in this picture where I just get to hang out with my friend all all day." The other thing that I heard um, from like, there's been a lot of buzz about about this in the behind the scenes. It, the main thing I've heard is that Ryan Reynolds is really butting heads with Disney execs um, about the content that's being put in this because they so. They they, so, they can't help themselves. It's not yet rated. Well, they they want so hard to like put in their IP and the stuff that they yeah. made, so Ryan Reynolds can elevate them. Because there was already talks of them putting in Brie Larson's Captain Marvel in, or or no, it was actually a Miss Marvel, so Kamala Khan. So they were going to put in Miss Marvel in this, and they were going to put in, I think, another like IP from from the MCU. And they were going to try to like, hey, you know, work with them and we'll have like a little connection to the, the other movies and it'll elevate that. It was like, fuck no, no, that's not, why would she be in this? So a lot of the budding heads of like putting certain things in the Deadpool movie, he's kind of been against. And maybe that was part of the deal was, hey, I'll get Hugh Jackman to come back as Wolverine if you give me more control and more um, of the say-so on what is actually put in the movie because from our wonderful movie that we watched or didn't watch this, week, <laughs> you know, well, a lot of things can... A lot that's of things one can thing we can't blame Marvel for. <laughs> no, but but like, like uh, uh, just executives who don't watch movies, who don't yes. care about the movies, but all they care about is, you know, checking boxes or... You know, making their other IP work yeah. somehow. I don't even know what. Like, all they care about is like getting names out there, and they're like, Ooh, Ben Parker, right? Ooh. Trying to make their ten trillion dollar quotas for every single Marvel movie, yeah. because <laughs> they've dug themselves into the deepest production deficit hell that you could do. Like, I. <laughs> It it's like a loan shark, but the loan shark, like, but it's special effects companies. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of speculation on this movie already. People are breaking stuff down. Um, we won't get into it because it's, there's just no point in breaking apart, like, a second scene just to be wrong in the end. Um, we do see one like, thing. We kind of, yeah, we kind of know what it's going to be, you know, it's going to be Deadpool and Wolverine 
getting up at the hijinks and yeah. uh well, like I've already seen um speculation on Lady Deadpool being in this. Um there's a scene with Uzis with a uh, Deadpool hands holding out Uzis and they they say, "Oh, well Deadpool doesn't use Uzis. He uses the pistols." And those gloves don't look exactly like what gloves we've seen him wearing. So they think that's going to be Lady Deadpool. And who could that be? Oh my god, people really need no. to not <laughs> do shit like that. Most of the time they're wrong. And they get upset Unless and they're if, like, the movie sucks. As long as it's Because my joke, prediction wasn't in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see Lady Deadpool being I this. want it to be a joke about, like, Loki with female Loki. Yeah. Where he's that, like, hey, that would TVA, be an acceptable. you got Loki to hook, hook up with a girl version of him. Can you do the same for me? Well, especially when he's working with a TVA and there are going to be variants. So if they find a variant of Deadpool and it's Lady Deadpool, then like, cool, bring bring them in somehow. You know, bring in. There's other versions of Deadpool, too. There's like, isn't there like a dog? Is there a dog pool or something like that? I, like probably. I mean, <laughs> the character's been uh, around since the 80s. I'm sure he's there had. There is a team of Deadpools called, I believe, the Deadpool Corps. Hell yeah, dude. Yes, it um, has. And Taylor Swift is definitely going to be the Dazzler in this. 100% confirmed. <laughs> by me. Trust my source? Trust me, bro. My, my source? I made it the fuck up. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, she was spotted at a football game with with uh, with Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, she was uh, spotted at the biggest social event of the year. What a shock. <laughs> no, no, this was not. No, this was like the Chargers game or something like that. This is the Super Bowl. No, she was with so Hugh that's, Jackman that's, and Reynolds. That's else. even. Like she was at the well, one in Los Angeles. Wow, <laughs> they were all at the one in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, Where they yeah, live? I definitely think Where she's they... gonna be Dazzler. It checks out. It all checks out. I don't. And what better way to push the Pfizer vaccine on the kids? I don't know why she would do Taylor a movie Swift. when she's got a more lucrative. She was, thing going she was in on. a movie. She was already in a. She was in that movie we didn't watch. <laughs> uh, the concert oh, movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it, she had a, a small role as like the lady who died in. Um, fuck. <laughs> it was like a detective movie or some of that. It was like an Death on the Nile, like. One of those? Alright, whatever. We need Venice. to move on. We've spent Amsterdam. Uh, oh Amsterdam. I didn't know there was, was a dead like body a, in that movie. Okay. It was a yeah, it was a Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington. Yeah, like, yeah I remember remember the movie. She, yeah, Taylor Swift played like I think somebody who got pushed in front of a car and got ran over. Which I'm surprised is not a meme more than I've seen it because it's a really funny Because no one scene saw that movie. <laughs> Yeah, because because she just gets fucking bodied by a by a tire. Just <laughs> speaking of people getting crushed by things, wicked. Hell yeah, dude! Oh. The hit, okay. the hit Broadway sensation finally has has a movie version. Kristen oh. was screaming her goddamn dome off when this trailer came out. What, what was the South Park joke? Right, like take your girlfriend to Wicked. She'll just any. She'll just. It's like an automatic response, like oh, subliminal message. The, just give you a hand the job. Hand job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the. The. <laughs> it's well, like it turns a, out in real life that's actually Beetlejuice. Subliminal messaging. 
<laughs> it's it's giving subliminal. <laughs> <laughs> Say his name three times, it'll come. <laughs> Do you think there's a statue of limitations on like how how close together the three Beetlejuices have to be? Like could 45 you say minutes, t- unless you, you say have a lot of zinc and pineapple. <laughs> Twice in the morning. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not saying between summonings. Of course, that goes without saying. You need a refractory period. But, like, <laughs> can you edge your Beetlejuice summon out <laughs> over a whole day? <laughs> Does he, is he more energetic? If you can you, can you straight out? goon your Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice is the master of <laughs> <laughs> beetle gooning beetle beetle goon beetle goon beetle goon drink my goon juice man series it's been it's been three days i have only said it twice I can barely hold it in but um but no this is uh wicked featuring uh Ariana Ariana Blanca Blanco I don't Very I don't know nothing about guy from Spongebob the musical I don't know nothing about Wicked or um, Wicked is uh, the prequel to The Wizard of Oz well yeah. I'm, like I know that much but like I don't That's know <laughs> I don't know enough to know if it's like a good uh, good fucking uh, casting or whatever um yeah yeah i don't i don't i have no i have no clue i have no say on it it looks nice uh, i think is harry styles in this too um probably i mean these are all probably musical talents because they gotta have the songs in there even though they don't oh, show wow. any of the songs in the trailer um yeah that's what you guys see the movie about for. that one I think the only criticism I've heard about this movie is that at one point they show Dorothy and like the gang going to see the wizard um, or like at the palace and they said that never happens in the musical like not even close yeah I mean they, they well I mean they're gonna have to judge it up audience. because yeah it, the musical is a stage play there's a limitation to what you can do with that yeah but I but I know but I mean the those that cast that bunch uh, that gang, I would say, was never. It's not even there because it's so far before in the past. It's like, it's like a decade in the past um, from like the Wizard of Oz. So it's just, I don't know what if they're gonna change around the story at all to like include them. Um, and this is part one, by the way, too. This is um, it's only gonna be like the first act of. Yeah, the, it's a whole, it's a whole story. Yeah. Is it the whole last couple of books? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, my my sister fucking loves this shit. It's yeah, anyone who's in music theater like this is this is the jam. They've been wait. This is the this is their Infinity War. Um, I the other comment I saw a lot of comments I saw was about uh, Ariana Grande. Um, that either. She's not wearing fake. I don't know if her, this is her natural skin tone or if she took lightning agents, but she's a lot lighter than she is usually. And I don't know. No, I that's her natural that. skin tone. She that is was, her natural skin tone? Okay. You've never seen the picture of how she went from like being 
normal white girl to like no. Latina. <laughs> Ariana's trans, transracial. <laughs> right now, she's just identifying as white. I think she transitioned from identifying as Latina or Latinx. <laughs> Don't, no one Latin, likes that Latin term. Latinx factor. <laughs> yeah, Latinx. It's cooler. It's cool. It's for all the trans Latin people. No. And I don't mean you, you, Romans. Is that how you get the Powerpuff Ninjas? Is you <laughs> drop Latin X into the mix? <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck. I made three trans Latin kids. What the fuck am I supposed to do now? Trabajo is strong. I'm trying to think of the taco spices. Uh, paprika, uh, cardamom, and uh, ooh, what is it? What is it? It's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I'm gonna let you go. Cumin, cumin, and cumin. All the ingredients for some nice Latinos. Ay, ay, ay. All right, well let's let's. But just... he accidentally dropped <laughs> Chemical X. Let's let's just breeze past this. And I mean fucking. Because it's been an hour kid. into the show, we're not done with fucking Trey Watch. <laughs> I mean, do we do we want like what do we have? Rest Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, or do we want to touch any? We already talked cool? about. We already touched Godzilla. I touched all over. Uh, we twisters. didn't touch Godzilla. There's two twisters now. <gasps> what did we touch on Godzilla? Two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's the like nothing trailer. new in this trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a. Who cares that. about Twister? Who cares? I. That's why I just said there's two Twisters. We're done. Let's move on. Okay, okay. I kind of care a little bit about Twisters because I remember watching Twisters as a kid, and there's only one scene that I remember. No, you watched Twister. You watched as Twister as a kid. Oh, Twister. Sorry, I was when I watched Twister. It, I don't know if it was a. A life-changing moment, but it was a core memory that I remember now to this day. Where, like, they're moving rubble off the house that just got obliterated by the one single twister. Which, pussy shit. Only one twister? Come on. Um, and then they, like, find the dead body, and they're like, Oh, no, dead! <laughs> Our dad's dead! And they find out it's not the dad. It's, like, the neighbor or something. So they're like, we gotta go find dad. Real dad. Real, real yeah, dad. My, my only memory of Twister is the Universal Studios attraction. Based yeah. on it, my the only memory so of, good they made a ride about it. My only memory of Twister is the binging with Babish episode where he made the steak and eggs in the movie. I was like, oh, that yeah, like really, really reaching for it now. <laughs> <laughs> He's really circling the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it's a concept that can only go so far. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, That's... he made a fucking food empire off of it, yep. so. It apparently worked. I mean, I'm t- I didn't say it wouldn't go far at all, but there's I mean, a limit to how far. I think now he's just like, he's just making food shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, his, yes. He's like teaching people. I, I love Babish. He's a yeah. Rochester man. He is. It's true. He knows his garbage plates. <laughs> and his Wegmans. His Jenny Cream. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, yeah, Jenny Cream, he's a big no one. No one respects Jenny Cream out where we live. <laughs> no one at all. <laughs> Even though they went through the same shit we went through. <laughs> yeah. It's it's forbidden. Right. What tra- else are we going to talk about? Planet that... of the Apes or are we done? No. I think we're Man. done. That's Trey Watch. I don't right, care see. about no apes. We're there's, gonna... a, there's a lot of, lot of monkey references in Trey Watch this week. Monkey Man, yeah, Planet we... of the Apes. 
Godzilla vs Kong, they Sasquatch. Did. I am I am looking forward to Monkey Man. It's going. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> I still can't go. I uh, that made me like a brick house. <laughs> I think it's going to be a fairly uh, <laughs> a fairly pedestrian John Wick alike. <laughs> I literally piss my pants when I'm watching this John Wick esque trailer, and then just Deb Patel. Brings you the movie <gasps> Monkey Man. <laughs> huh? That's it. Okay. Like, John Wick was just like his name. We're gonna we're gonna do the follow up now. <laughs> but Monkey Man. We're going to do the follow up now More and talk about Argyle. Said. And how it inexplicably has a second week atop the box office, despite only making $6.2 million. Dude, that's Argyle so unfortunate. Execs, the Argyle execs are just as surprised as us. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see this one coming. <laughs> Two weeks at number one. <laughs> the $65 billion worldwide gross we kind of saw coming. <laughs> now we owe Jim and IT like 20 bucks. That sucks. Yeah. We're really counting on Madam Webb to make sure that there's not a third week at number one. <laughs> oh, God. Dude. Madam Webb is going to take number one. It's poised. The, oh, it, it, I mean, it kind of is, I feel like. The amount of people who just start watching it for reviews and, like, the lols alone. See, the thing is, it's not It's not worth it for the lols. The lols are are not, like, the... the it's not, like, Morbius. <laughs> We'll talk about that later, but <laughs> yeah, Argyle, Argyle once again on top this week, opening in second, uh, which has got to be a disappointing result for Focus Features to barely be beating out the Beekeeper in its fifth week. Um, <laughs> Lisa Frankenstein uh, sashays its way into second and into our spotlight. We take a look at how this movie that's made a whopping sixteen thousand dollars internationally. <laughs> um, only a thirteen million dollar yeah. budget. It know. is gonna gonna do. It's yeah, only thirteen million dollar budget. So they're still about a third of the way there. They got an uphill battle. <laughs> I tell you what. Um, but you know, maybe maybe it's a critical darling. Let's let's see if that'll save it. Let's what's it got out there. On, on the streets. Well, uh, 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, not bad, but not great either. 50% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. And a 47 on Metacritic. Uh, 83 audience score, though. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. what is the... What's the user score? 4.7 on Metacritic user score as well. So very much aligned... Uh, critical perception but you know who gives a shit about those people we don't you know why we're here we're we're here to read some insightful reviews and make fun of the failing education system in this country (laughs) (laughs) imdb reviews are teaching the kids they really are (laughs) you learn more to be real reviewers you learn more from some imdb user reviews than you do from some schools out there and that's probably not inaccurate. <laughs> no. Um, but you know, we've got we've got 
such such stalwart reviewers as JK hyphen what's up weirdo podcast. You got a free Good shout out on the show. Out. Checks in the mail, buddy. Or it better <laughs> be in the mail, because you gotta pay us for the publicity. We're not paying you to shout you out. That'd be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of Sorry. ten review. Felt it becoming my new fave movie while it was still going. So if you want to listen to the sycophant podcast, this is yours. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. Pay extra for, for, good, for good press. <laughs> Cute, heartfelt, candy-colored, and twisted. When I tell you this movie had my whole heart from the title scene alone, double question mark, Hyphen sobs, hyphen. It's Heather's and Edward's scissor hands and campy and hilarious, but also unique and its own thing. That's what unique means. Uh, with hard nods to a trip to the moon and nothing, Notting Hill, I exploded. Uh, period, though. Not, no, that did not warrant an exclamation mark, despite being in all caps. I exploded. Wow. <laughs> And I was already a fan from Freaky, but now I'm just a full-on Catherine Newton spaz. She gives the quirkiest, silliest, most endearing performance. Oh, so you, you just have a crush on this girl. I see. And Cole Sprouse gave a really lovely, nuanced performance, too. Lisa Sobrano. Sobrano. Taffy. The was Sobrano. was hilarious, too. Everyone was just really perfect. The cuteness of this movie actually unalived me, and now I need a tanning bed. The end. 13 out of oh, 25 found that helpful. Oh, okay. Well. Unalived. <laughs> Not Mother 2000 says, 1 out of 10, biggest piece of trash I have ever seen. Um. There's some all caps here. Um, I'm going <laughs> to try to do my best. Seriously! This is probably the worst movie I have ever seen in my life. Triple exclamation. Do you see more movies? Wow. I did think a movie... I did. Wow, I did think <laughs> a movie could be this bad. <laughs> this movie is embarrassing how bad it Good is. Good for you. Good. Do not waste your time with this. Because that's exactly what this movie is. A complete waste of time! I am actually writing this during the last act of the movie. <laughs> that's how bad it is. <laughs> I am in the theater. But what if the ending this. really saves it? <laughs> I'm in the theater writing this with my jacket over my phone. That's how little I care about this garbage. <laughs> and I say, quote, last act up there but uh, this movie has no acts it has no structure it has no arcs it has no qualities that make it worth watching actually I think I'm gonna leave <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm gonna leave <laughs> anyway whoever wrote this movie should never be allowed to write again and whoever directed it should never direct again what an absolute piece of garbage. <laughs> See you later. Trash. Was this written by in the in the middle of the movie? 
was this well, written by me too, like so 30 funny. minutes before the end of Madam Web where I was just like, should yeah. I just go? Yeah. Should I leave? It'll leave. <laughs> I out here. Um, and so they asked about the writer and director. So the director is Zelda Williams. Oh. And the writer is Diablo Cody who wrote Juno and Jennifer's Body. That makes oh, a lot right. of sense. Robin Williams' first movie. <laughs> or Robin, Robin, Robin Williams' daughter's first movie. Sorry. Um, yeah, you know what? That tracks. This does seem like a fusion between Juno and <laughs> Jennifer's <Yeah>. body. <laughs> we'll just put them together. Right? What you know. <laughs> so here I have this uh, five out of ten from Blather Skit. Blather Skit. Gite Noir, uh, 5 out of 10. Teenage Gothic Romance fails its chemistry test. Oh. Oh. Got him. Ex- extremely frustrating. Could have been so good. Really should have been. If only the separate elements were just a tad more polished. If the writing was a bit wittier, the comedy half a laugh funnier, the editing a touch snappier, if the actors were just a smidge more compatible... Nothing is exactly wrong per se, but a pile of not quite theirs add up to tripping and falling short. Still, this movie has something. Some small spark of something, especially in the final 15 to 20 minutes or so, which will ignite a fascination. Uh, This is one which will be less famous on its own and more for the fan fiction. I can just see the fan fiction. It inspires. Cole Sprouse, who plays the monster is the highlight, impressively doing the heavy lifting while acting a silent part and bringing the smolder even when half-rotting. Without him to hold up the movie, it wouldn't be watchable. Uh, Lisa Soberano, who plays the sunny stepsister Taffy, is likewise delightful, but her character is fairly out of place. Unfortunately, I think Catherine Newton was miscast, as she comes across as hopelessly naive with all the chemistry of a sexless little sister. Watch it for those glimmers of something I mentioned, and for the fun campiness of it. But this is Slumber Party Fair, not an instant cult classic. Three out of eight found that helpful. Scathing. Well, uh, Maginelli2497.4 has uh, this to say about Lisa Frankenstein. Nine out of ten, the love child of John Waters and Tim Burton. Warning, spoilers. Low budget that doesn't feel cheesy, kind of stylish, rocking late 80s Madonna fashion, schmaltzy arena rock, and wink-wink nudge-nudge self-awareness. It has fun little details, like every time the creature cycles through the electricity, he becomes a little more human and sheds a bug or worm, usually to hysterical effect. Excellent performances from the stars, him entirely non-verbal until the very last poetic scene, and her a little too verbal until, again, the final poetic scene. There are bits reminiscent of Kathleen Turner's serial mom and Jerry Stiller and Hairspray. It's over the top, a little bit tacky, and so much fun. 16 out of 20 found that helpful. Mm. Say hi to your mother for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll try to read this um, long one kind of fast. Um. Speed read. No, no funny voices. One out of ten. A wretched bore. Warning. Spoilers. By status quo. 
I hope to never run into director Zelda Robin Williams. Uh, she seems like a very unfriendly person and most likely blames you for her unhappiness. The story is a goth is of a goth 80s girl who has been relocated to a different school due to her mother being brutally murdered and her dad remarrying a psych ward stepmom, poor Carla Gugino. By the way, were they alluding that stepmom acts the mother or dad did? Was there a missing scene somewhere? Anyway, she pines for a guy who exists in the 1800s due to a headstone. None of this really explained other than she's sad. A few things uh, would have elevated this movie. Have the monster speak sooner. A few words is enough. He seems to understand modern vernacular fairly quickly. This seems really lazy. The second is not to make Lisa such a mean person. Yes, she is going through trauma, but none of the people she dispenses with to gain body parts remotely deserve their fate. Maybe the nerd who attempts to grope her at a party. The rest, it's hard to support her menace. Trying to remember if there were characters like this in the 1980s. Another thing is writer Diablo Cody's look at look at what we remember references. If you're going to do that, study Quentin Tarantino on how to bury that. She she and Zelda seem to hit this note so hard it gave me a headache. To stop a movie to do a Ario Speedwagon tune is cringe. This movie was a bore. The pacing was really off and not and not bad eighties, just off. Not bad, not bad eighties off, just off. Structure notes: Lisa relocates to a new home. She said she has moments where she remembers her mother fondly. She goes to her frequently frequented graveyard where lightning strikes, and Sparky is unearthed. She is infatuated with the guy. We learn of his lost love. She falls more in love with him. Then he begins to kill for parts. At first, she goes along with it, but then her conscience gets the better of her, and she does. She has to find a way to kill the monster she created. In the end, it, it, he assists her in doing that, closing out his story of true love. None of this happens because that's too conventional, I guess. As it is, Catherine Newton, who plays Lisa, is just a heartless animal. Here's an idea: the bubbly kind of stepsister Taffy, Lisa Sobrano, should have been the person in the role. The script actually has two goth girls fighting it out. Lisa has some other ob- Lisa and some other obese one. Oof. And to throw in a wish list, Brad Pitt was too much to endure. Just plain garbage. 8 out of 34 found that helpful. I feel like so they took bad. that movie way too seriously. I haven't even way seen the movie. See. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I thought when I watched the trailer is like this girl seems a little hard to root for. She's just killing people for no goddamn reason. Yeah. I just thought it was going to be like a, a root for the villain kind of story, but that's... No. Well, apparently people didn't like that. Yeah, well, I mean, if like it's it. hard to root for the villain sometimes. Yep. If they don't seem justified in their actions. Uh, we all love Joker, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm tired of pretending I don't. Um, this was trying to be Joker. I didn't really like Joker that much, and I'm tired of pretending that I did. <laughs> we all love Joker. Um, we all love it, didn't we? And I, I love... No, I don't love this guy. Sub-Zero Gravity. That's zero with an X. Um, zero. Sub-Zero uh, Gravity. Um, so the last reviewer said that this was not a cult classic. And this reviewer with their 7 out of 10 says... If I can predict a cult classic, I predict this one. I saw that one, actually. Yeah. 
I there wasn't a lot of good meat in the middle, so I I stepped a little out. Um, so the seven out of ten. It's horror. It's teen comedy. It's nostalgia, all wrapped up in a perfect package, appealing to the future Tim Burton's and Robert Smiths of the world, especially if they're girls. I watched this movie, and I'm strange enough to understand where Lisa Frankenstein is coming from, but there is a refreshing female gauze that covers the film nicely. I mean, I feel like I would have missed something watching this at home instead of a theater filled with women who laughed out loud to situations I just found passingly amusing. I thought this movie was great, and I thought it was great that the movie was not directed towards me. Lisa Frankenstein is for those strange kids in high school, especially but especially if you are that weird girl. 19 out of 24 found that helpful. What a cuck. <laughs> Sometimes you got a sin for your big titty goth GF. Uh, that's, all right. And that's let's, the, the spotlight. That's Lisa Frankenstein. The aforementioned beekeeper. We're going to speed for the rest of these here. In third, $3.3 million. Wonka in fourth, $3 million. Migration in fifth, uh, $2.93 million. The Chosen, season four, episodes one through three. Got a second week in its Fathom event run. Brought another $2.7 million. God help us all. Um, But did drop four spots, so the world has not completely lost its mind. Uh, Anyone but you. (laughs) A movie that... Some of the people on this show thought we were going to be reviewing this week. <laughs> um, got us seven out of seven. So, Jake, uh, actually, why don't you give us a five-second review yeah. on anything, yeah, anyone but you? Uh, anyone but you. Um, so I um, enjoyed it. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of rom-coms. I really don't care. But uh, we saw it Valentine's Day, and my wife uh, likes rom-coms. She had a good time watching it. Um, it is about a very kind of convoluted love story. Boy meets girl. Um, they have a good time together. Uh, through a unconventional happenstance, they find out that they start hating each other because of um, um, just like uh, what what misrepresented like ideas or feelings towards each other. Whatever. Fast forward, they apparently know mutual people um, and end up at a wedding together. The people at the wedding try to set them up, mm-hmm. and uh, they go along with it to make them feel like they got to win, while at the same time just being like, hey, why don't we try to make our our people jealous, um, and also try to, well, she doesn't want to be with her ex that her parents invite, and then um, he wants to make an ex jealous by being with her, so um, I guess it kind of works their plan kind of works out but yeah do they fall uh, in love you might be surprised afterwards they they end up catching feelings for each other i think so the the most frustrating part was the resolution to their love story could have been done at any point and that was just explaining to one another that hey i'm sorry i left in the morning i'm like really freaked out by relationships right now and he'd be like hey I just got really nervous and I was mad. I was hurt that you left me. So I said some bad shit about you. I'm sorry. And I didn't think you were going to hear that. The, yeah. <laughs> so it's like we, we spend like we spend like an hour and a half like getting to that point And then it's like it wraps up in the last 30, 30 minutes. Um, I like the ending of it. It was really cute. 
um, in terms of like them uh, kind of telegraphing like how he was going to profess his love, um, and and they make some good callbacks. Uh, set in Australia, so there's some good Australian humor in there because mm-hmm. they talk funny, and we got to lean into that a little bit. Um, scenery was good. Um, Shots were good. The writing was pretty yeah. solid. Uh, when it comes to like rom coms, um, some of the like supporting characters are really funny, so that was nice. So I'll throw in my comments here. Uh, I I think I don't. Did you mention? So it was based. This is based on Much Do About Nothing, Shakespearean play. Um, oh yeah. And I remember back during um, previews, I like, oh, it's based on this. Okay. And I forgot that when I came into the movie until about halfway through. I'm like, they keep quoting Shakespeare as like the intertitle chapter cards. And there's like, and why are they doing this weird, like talking through the hedge wall thing? And then I'm like, Shakespeare does that all the time. Like having two characters like talk through a fake wall to convey information. (laughs) That's absolutely a big Shakespeare thing. So this is, yeah, this is much ado about nothing. Um, Meets. Uh, rom-com tropes and they are slavish about these rom-com tropes like you said like do they they really are i mean like it's so i i i, un, I would understand a hundred thousand percent why somebody would not like a rom-com and it is because you know exactly how it's going to end in the first like 15 20 minutes yeah they and they all start the same mm-hmm. like there's always the the meet cute trope is always so similar if not the same in so many of these rom-coms. And at this point, yeah, it's the same. It's very it's long like, five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's a, sorry. I'm kidding. I'm what? Just, it's just, um, it's just, just rom-coms in you. general. Just, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very much like if rom-coms are fast comfort food, this is a like restaurant serving, a high-grade restaurant serving you deluxe chicken tenders. Um, that's a so it's like, a it's like a TGA Fridays rather than a McDonald's. Exactly. Um, yes. where all the tropes are done that you know so well, but it's polished and you get all the, the you get the hottest actors and actresses so that you have that sexual attraction there. Um, and like they, they, I guess they really got a response cause I saw the, the Valentine's day encore and what they did after I didn't stay for it. I only started for like to see what it was like stay after the credits. There's a surprise. And it turns yeah. out it was a music video of the two main characters uh, singing the like the theme of the movie, which is um, "Release Your Inhibitions." Mm. Yeah, or whatever the name of that song is. Yeah, yeah release um, your inhibitions. Yeah, no, this it does all the, yeah, the shitty um, rom com things, uh, but they love it's the a Natasha Bedingfield song. I just don't yes. remember the name of it. Um, my highlight was that the stupid like you got to do something crazy for love climax. Where it's a callback to earlier in the movie, but the climax is Ben knowing that he's he needs to get back with Beatrice. He jumps off a fucking cliff into the harbor and he's like, call the harbor safety. And he gets the harbor rescue copter to deliver him to the Sydney Opera House for the final meetup with the girl. Like it's a fucking <laughs> like it's a taxi cab. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's yeah, stupid, but um. It, you know, it, it puts a nice bow on it because she knows that her dad um, told him about like how he jumped off a train for her mother, and the whole thing is about hey, when it's true love, you'll know what to do exactly. And that was kind of like the um, the one of the themes going through it. When it's true love, you'll know. Um, and she's a very um, indecisive person to where she like 
didn't know if she wanted to be a lawyer and she was like going to law school and she quit. She wouldn't tell anybody, but um, she did like open up to this guy who she should be hating now, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. Not said anyone but you. Mean Girls musical drops two more spots. Eighth place, just under $2 million this week. American Fiction. Uh, losing some some money in some theaters there. $1.2 million for that this week, finding itself a ninth. And rounding out the top ten, we have Poor Things. Uh, $1.1 million for that. Out of top ten this week is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, and that'll about do it yep. for the follow-up. We'll talk very briefly about gaming news. <laughs> yes. Okay, can I just say something real quick? I feel like gamers have been eating good this past couple months. Um, yep. Hell World came out. It kind of broke numbers. I saw you playing Hell Divers. What's that? Is that any good? And That's the Warhammer shooter game, yeah. So Hell Divers is. It seems like a game <laughs> I mean, a that people... would be good for us to play together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's so it's a forty dollars game, and it looks beautiful. It is a PVE. Um, uh, I don't know what you would call it—a live service game. Is that? I think that's maybe what it's called. A live co-op service shooter. It's all online co-op stuff. But what it is, you are. Um, so it's giving heavy Starship Troopers vibes. It's if Starship Troopers was a was a video game, um, where you are a uh, like a, a space marine dropping down onto planets with three other people. You are completing missions on difficulty levels one through nine to beat um, bugs. Or automatons, robots, or robots or bugs, um, and you have to do different missions. There's a, a wide variety of different missions, whether it's seek and destroy something, whether it's defend an outpost, whether it's um, kill a certain amount of like things, or disrupt like broadcast uh, towers or something like that. Um, and then there are different planets um, that you can jump around to um, that have a liberation meter on it. And everybody in the world is contributing to this liberation meter. Um, you're only contributing about like 0.002% of it, but when you're doing you know, a 10, 20 minute round uh, and everybody's doing it, it eventually adds up. And you're trying to liberate these planets. And you know it's really easy for the developers to just cycle through content and be like, oh, new planets opened up and they're, they need to be liberated or they've taken back a planet that we just liberated. Um, and you can see on the map where there's space to add more, um, in the top, there's more, there's going to be a third faction that you're going to have to fight against. And then also there's a, a percent meter for earth on hundred percent liberated. And you can only assume that, okay, at one point they're going to have an event or something where we're going to have to go to earth and defend earth against the terminids, which are the bugs or the automatons, which are the robots. Um, but it's plays great. Um, graphics are amazing. It is a forty dollar game that was finished on launch, <laughs> and it's very fun to play, and a lot of repeatability. So I do. Have yeah, I watched the watch the Digital Foundry's tech review on it, and it pretty impressive graphically. It's got some like FSR one esque tech in it on some of the the lower settings, which doesn't look particularly great in like still photos but it's a high movement game so it's not something you're really going to notice too much yeah a little bit of high movement um there's there's like a battle pass kind of thing that you can get but there's like a 
There's like two battle passes, a premium pass, and there's like your, the normal one with the game, and that's how you like premium prizes. <laughs> yeah, premium. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to put any money into it. Um, other than the forty dollars. Oh yeah, it, other yeah. than the, the <laughs> entry cost of forty dollars, but it's it's forty dollars for like what looks like a triple A game. It's it's mm. really high quality. Yeah, I plop that down. Um, the the combat is a little weird though. That's my only like criticism. The, the combat and the like um to reload there's no there's a like a a magazine like meter that when it's full it's all white and then it's when it's empty it's red there's no bullet count you don't know how many bullets you have left and when you reload whether you shot one bullet or your entire magazine it gets rid of that whole clip Mm -hmm. whole magazine so you have to uh you have to uh kind of be careful about ammo. You have to be careful. You can't just shoot half your thing and then just be like, "Oh, I want to, I want to reload." Yeah, synthetic was uh, similar with the way it did ammo yeah. management. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it doesn't auto reload either. You can, yep. you're you're done. You're done. So that that can catch people off guard sometimes. Sounds um cool. Speaking of high quality games, it is a day ending in a Y, which <laughs> means that uh, what game also ends in a Y? No Man's Sky. We've got another update, ladies and gentlemen. It is nice. the Omega update. Um, this is, it's not as a huge amount of added content in terms of like just stuff, but um, it is some very specific things. It's a new, uh, it's a new expedition, the Omega expedition, um, which the big feature is you can, usually you'd have to start a new uh, expedition save file, I think, to join in, but... Now they've been able to integrate it so you can join from existing save files and hop on and off of expeditions as you will. Um, what, yeah, so whether you have a save file or not, which helps because this weekend there is a free trial. Every, yeah, anyone maybe. can play Omega, uh, uh, No Man's Sky for free this weekend, do the expedition, and get the staff, the helmet, and the jetpack, which do look pretty boss. Um, and it's since it's available for everyone, it's a good intro expedition. Like, it, it, if you haven't played the game before, it tutorializes you on how to do all this stuff. Um, they're adding pirate dreadnoughts. Uh, they've reworked the main story. Um, they've reworked a lot of the old content to, to bring it up to par. Um, so it's a very... It's a lot of important things. Not, not in terms of quantity, but in terms of quality. A lot of great improvements and... I think they're hoping to, you know, kind of reintroduce it to the wider audience with this uh, free weekend. So try it out. I, I this might be the be- like I've been I've been following No Man's Sky, but I've been off of it for a while. So maybe this is my time. To, this is my sign to get back into the game now that it's changed so much from the last time I played it. All right, um, and following a confusing week of conflicting news. Microsoft has put out several uh, pieces of media discussing the future of Xbox, which has led to not a great reduction in confusion. So what we do know is there will be at least one more Xbox generation. Uh, They're not going full third party yet. That being said, they are still planning to bring some formerly Xbox exclusive games to cross-platform, which really just makes sense they bought a lot of developers 
that previously were big multi-platform developers like Bethesda and, and the other companies at Cinemax. And in an attempt to drive hardware sales, they made them Xbox exclusive, but it really hasn't worked out. And so if you're not seeing the increase in sales through Xboxes, then you're really just hurting your ability to make money by keeping it console exclusive or Xbox exclusive rather. Um, so it, it does make business sense as far as the future beyond the next generation of Xbox console that, uh, they claim will be the biggest technical leap, uh, gen on gen that any Xbox has ever seen. Um, I don't know. I don't have a high degree of confidence that, uh, either company honestly is going to continue to make consoles for very much longer i think that you'll see a greater instance of either uh handheld gaming devices that are made by third parties that kind of have badging put on them by these developers uh and a reliance on cloud gaming and of course the pc market probably isn't going to go anywhere um but it, we we've talked about the economics of it uh quite a bit in the past few months and at a certain point it feels like you can just cut out the middleman <laughs> of the hardware where you're taking a loss yeah um yeah i i heard an article talking about like oh the ps5 is transitioning into its late lifespan the later part of its lifespan i'm like like when did the ps5 come out again it was 2020 like 20... yeah it's been like 4 years already and like I feel for, like there's hardly any, there's still hardly any games for there's it. There's hardly any games for it. And like for two years, no one could get one. <laughs> I was going to say, it just felt like yesterday that like people were, you know, trying to get their hands on one and couldn't. There were none on the shelves. People were scalping them like crazy. They were triple the price. Yeah, yeah it's but, just kind of like. <laughs> Time moves forward. <laughs> Time is a construct, and it's left. It's and left we, these consoles behind, kind of in the we dust. We live in a society, dude. <laughs> we sure do. Bottom text. All right, let's get some bottom text on the bottom line. This meme of a movie of Madam Web. So okay, do we do we do we say the disclosure? Um, we had a big, big confusion <laughs> thing about. Our timeline uh, split this were. week. <laughs> so we we were. I, I never exited this. So what? Let me let me just give my side of the story before Jake <laughs> tries to pay me out to be some sort of idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. We no. have a group text, and you've listened to this show, <laughs> and you know how off the rails our conversations tend to get. And we were talking about Madam Web because. That was we. That was the only suggestion the for what we were ultimatum. watching. Yes, I started the week with an ultimatum. If we don't find a movie to watch this week, we're gonna go watch Madam Web. And Jake was like, "All right, let's do it." So that none to me of us, said none of us objected. So we're I, watching I wrote that Madam Web until Wednesday. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a two person vote in our system. Two people that passes the motion. It's not always popular with the third person, but sometimes <laughs> that third person nuts up and goes to see Madam Web, even though the day before that person goes to see Madam Web, Jake's like slips into the second paragraph of a text that started talking about Madam Web to go see anything but anyone but you. 
Yeah. And I was and I was like I as we were talking on Wednesday, I'm I get my phone's going off like in the theater, it's vibing. And I'm like, oh no, are they talking about stuff? So I get out of Mad Web only to hear like what seems to me to be that I we've switched tacks and we did in fact want to do um anyone but you. Uh <laughs> I was Despite like, right, me never well, like texting like yes that sounds fine let's do that <laughs> yeah I I saw Kurt I also saw Kurt's text saying unfortunately and I thought that meant unfortunately yes we are gonna go see anyone but you that's how I also interpreted it so I said I saw, unfortunately that I had already seen Madam Web at the time <laughs> it, it's it is what it is it doesn't matter so um, long story short I saw both. And you each I, went one path on the on the Schrodinger's movie. <laughs> yeah, so we got a perfect Venn diagram of like watching these movies, and I don't know who's the winner here because <laughs> it me. certainly I, wasn't I me. Mean, Peter definitely <laughs> lost. Okay, then I win. I win because I saw anyone but you, and that was a digestible movie. And Madam Web will sully your mind for a long, long time. Well, <laughs> no, I think I'm, I think it's I'm it's a movie I'm going to forget in like. Have you recovered <laughs> from the psychic so, damage? It's, it's just it's like sixty-six. It's a lot. Okay? It's not that like damaging psychically. It's not like a Neil Breen movie, right? No. In a lot of ways, so the movie's set in two thousand three. In a lot of ways, it feels like a superhero movie from that era, and that mm. it is made with no vision <laughs> and is not yes. particularly good. Um. The- so uh, I went into this movie expecting it to be bad. I just want let me set the yeah, stage here. There were no expectations. I was expecting here. this movie to be bad, and like I was even expecting like Morbius level bad. And so with that in mind, with that all framed up, uh, when I tell you it was so much worse than even I expected, <laughs> that will really color your perspective on what you're dealing yes. with here. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, this movie just sort of got splorched out onto the screen. Um, I, you know, even more than the last time, I feel this was made specifically to keep whatever Spider-Man rights they had and to write off the, the their uh, technical expenses for movie making. I know this we're year. not a guest-driven show, but I would love to have, like, someone who worked for a movie studio as an accountant or like a mid-level executive to explain to me why a movie like this wouldn't have been killed <laughs> before it yeah, saw the light killed, of day. When you killed uh, Wiley Coyote versus Acme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which that we didn't even talk about that. Uh, that's its own story, oh, but we're not going to talk about it now. Um, yeah. No. Specifically, this was a write-off for again their their visual effects. Uh, the the actual generated computer generated effects are not great. Their dynamic range that they look, we're Sony, we're colorful movies. Look, watch it on a Sony screen and watch the colors pop. We put this red umbrella in the background of an exposition scene so that you're not paying attention to the words that they're saying in the foreground. You're looking at the fucking umbrella in the background. Thank you. This is 45 seconds into the movie. I'm so glad we're doing this. This Um, exposition scene has got to be like, I almost could not believe what I was seeing with how bad the acting and writing like made for TV movies. I have seen better from, and this is a major studio release. Like 
I know I've said like seven different movies are the worst studio movie I've seen in the history of doing the show, and I'm not sure this is worse than the Emoji movie, but it's pretty fucking close. It's it's in there. Um, yeah. The so the villain. I just what what is his accent? What is oh, what is he know. trying to do there? He was he the one that was apparently ADR. Super poor. I yes. would I would believe that yeah. because the words didn't seem was, to match was, the performance, and the performance was so really the, bad. It's like if a German guy yeah. was trying to do a Latin accent, like yeah. In the aftermath of it, I think um. So Ezekiel Sims is his name, but that doesn't was really that the character's anything. name? I know that's, that's the, the character. Name. The actor's name is Tahar Rahim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on uh, Jesus, what is he? Israeli? He's Arab? French, but with an a- Israeli heritage, I believe. Or Turkish, I could see that too. Um. So, yeah. The the at, during the aftermath, all I could hear about, like the main thing, was like, "Oh my god, the one character with the ADR so bad it looked like a bad, like a Japanese dub." Um. So I was like, "Okay, that's that's interesting. How did you like overlook that?" Um. So terrible ADR. Um. Yeah, flat performances. Is, and this is all by hearsay. I have not. We already went over. Not seen the movie, but I have been uh, watching reviews. Luckily, um, mm-hmm. and I also got a wonderful TikTok play-by-play from somebody, which I'll send you guys later if I can find it. Um, to, you can tell me how close it lines up with it, um, because it it did not seem like the the plot just was fucking weird and messy yeah. yes and just everything was seemed very stiff all the all the uh from the the plot beats and like when they introduce characters like everything yeah. was stiff like i'm ben you know ben ben parker, parker. p yeah. with a parker and, you know <laughs> my sister Scott is like almost trying in this like he's not trying hard but he's like i could give a mid-level you know it like as if this is a very like so, his character. If his character was was supposed to be like just random guy who happened to work with Cassie Webb, would have been perfectly fine. But this is Uncle Ben, who I guess now was a paramedic. Um, yep. And uh, you know, like his performance isn't terrible. Um, I do feel bad that he keeps getting typecast as characters named Ben. Um, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. he's got a bendable it's, face. I it's it, he was far from the worst part of the movie, but he didn't do anything to like lift the movie up. Um, no. How much was he in it? it a not lot. a ton. Like he's a good tertiary character. He's a like, he's he's, he's in... he features heavily in the first act and then a little bit in the rest of the movie. Like he's almost yeah, entirely sure. absent from the second act. Whenever you need a dialogue scene for extended point and you don't want to pay for good writing, you have him come in and he can kind of fill it in with naturalistic dialogue. Um, yeah, so oh, there's there's a lot. Um, there's a lot to about characters. Here. We talk about how Dakota Johnson, they wrote, they wrote her character bad and she did the bad writing bad, um, where they wrote her character to be extremely awkward beyond what's funny or enjoyable into just like genuinely like this is i don't want to be around her (laughs) she's spinster cat lady the character yeah and then 
And then she talks in her Dakota Johnson voice. And, and she gives an side action. eye to the camera. This building is going to explode. It's full of fire. Well, you have to get out of here. I'm fighting the bad guy now. Yeah, the there's so much to get into, but at the same time, this movie is so vapid and like nothing happens. So brief, brief outline. A uh, woman's researching spiders. Uh, main villain turns on her, shoots her, she and finds sh- the peptides. She's she's uh, whisked away by Las Arañas. The which, spider people. The spider which, people. Sp- spider people, despite Arañas just being spiders in Spanish. Yeah. And they look like and they look like Spider Man, but with like claw like I, twine okay. or twigs. Was this a joke? I saw this picture on twi- tweeters. If this is not a joke, I'm gonna <laughs> shit myself. Did they have with Oh say were their suits? Like in the same pattern as like a yes. Spider Man suit with like a yes. like they BDSM wrapped themselves like Spider Man. I'm gooning. gooning. <laughs> and she had and she was gonna die, so they gave her a spider section. Yes, they they gave the sp- her the spider venom yes. to give her superpowers. She still dies in childbirth. Um, but this woman somehow my favorite part is there. He fucks this NSA lady and murders her to get access to their. Oh, this is yeah. So later on, the bad guy fucks but, the NSA lady. But I have to give context that they have the NSA technology because they look up Cassie Webb and see that her mother was this lady, and it's like, how would there be record of that? She was born in the fucking spider hole in the fucking Amazon. Yeah. Did they give that to the foster family? Did, did the spider? Did, did Lasagna show up with a birth certificate <laughs> to whatever fucking Cambodian orphanage? Little spider stamp on it. They're, they're known for two things: spiders and good, really good documentation. Records. Also, and so standards are really to high. give you Hopefully an idea. To give you an idea of how bad the visual effects in this movie are, I was not bothered by the frequent appearances of spiders in this movie because yeah, they looked so that's unrealistic. Really good. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad what I was good. bothered was by was the uh, the other thing that they spent their budget on as a tax write off, their camera armature, uh, <laughs> which they wanted to do flips like Spider Man. So a third of every shot in this movie, a third of all the shots in this movie start upside down and then do a one eighty. Despite there only being one character that can go upside down. I was going to say, the only person who has the power to go upside down and walk on walls is Ezekiel Sims. Yeah. Madam Webb cannot, even though I did hear about like the, the joke scene where she finds out about, oh, this gives you powers, and I have those powers. Yeah. Can I do that? That was and then she, almost funny. Squeegee scene. Uh, um, she, like, yeah, down. if her character weren't just so super awkward all the time, it would have been funny. But it's not like a, a zany out of character moment or a goofy moment. It's just a hundred percent what you would expect from her character. You reminded me. Oh God. Yeah. So yeah, one of the big visual things. Yeah. If if, if it wasn't yeah awful like that. So between her character and the visual style of the movie, which is disorienting, the one eighty rule oh does my not God. exist. So the way they chose to edit and convey her powers was the fucking worst. Cause they would play yeah. out the scene where she would like be able to somehow perceive an alternate interaction with a person. Um, yeah. and fucking then immediately like cut back to moments before without any context and just replay the scene again. And you're like, what is she? And you never quite know when it's a vision of the future or what's actually happening. Yeah. 
It's like, do you remember that scene that we meme on from Taken 3 where Liam Neeson takes 35 cuts to climb a fence? Yes. <laughs> it's that, but every action scene. Oh, yeah, um, the action scenes are fucking butchered because none of the people in this movie have ever done fucking action before. They can't do action. Yeah. Why did you hire them for this? Um, what was I going to say? Shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'll talk about it. Just the implausibility of the action. So, like, first off, another thing is this movie, of all the ways I expected it to be bad, I did not expect, like, straight-up false advertising. The spider women appear in costume for, like, a grand total of 45 seconds in this movie. Because Ezekiel has visions of his death. Because he can see the future, too. Well, I guess just his death. Because if he could see the future, he would have been able to avoid a lot of dumb shit that happens to him in this movie. And he's got a completely inconsistent... Pa- I gotta talk about this climax. I'm sorry, yeah, but yeah. I, I can't we'll hold it any climax. longer. That's fine. The cl- they, they, she finds these girls. She sees that they're gonna murder them. She abducts they're them. one character. Those three girls are just one character. One character note, yeah. And between the three of them. And they fucking do nothing in the movie and are just there to to look at i guess um and she kidnaps them and then they're getting chased and then uh peter peter parker's about to be born and we gotta get him to the hospital but he's not important so we're just gonna not once once the girls leave the car that contains the public woman he is not no longer important to the story it's not like there's an em like they're stuck at home because the uh ezekiel has the nsa and can track them whenever they're in public um, side, they don't make any attempt to reconcile this with nine eleven because that's a contemporary thing that happened two years earlier in this universe. Not just, never just once mentioned. <laughs> never once. Uh, no, no mention of the Patriot Act or anything. But anyways, so they're stuck. But like, oh no, uh, her, Peter's mom is pregnant and she's about to have Peter Parker. But you got to. It's like, what if you know? It's almost like it would be easier if there was a trained EMT. And a very capable person to help deliver this baby. That would be nice yeah. if that happened. It's not like our main character is a trained EMT and is is prepared for this kind of situation. Or, or that Ben Parker is also a trained EMT. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like they have two trained EMTs in this house when going outside is much more of a death wish than uh, having to risk a premature birth. And yeah, fair enough. It's a pre- it's a preemie baby. So um, Four weeks. It's not like that carries, a ton. Like, Carries a little risk. Um, but anyway, so the the chase ensues, and they, yeah. they do a callback. They, they do some setup and payoff, because in the beginning, uh, she she sees in the future that this uh, warehouse yeah, is full of fireworks. Epiphany, when she first realizes her powers, there's the flash forward of all the different things that happen in the movie, and there's this big fucking neon S that just zooms by. Yeah, You're so like, oh, no. she hears that this warehouse in the beginning that this warehouse is full of fireworks and it's a death trap. So they go into there to to hopefully defeat the villain with the fireworks. I and these these, these regular ass fireworks are so potent that they can knock holes in brick walls. I laughed uncontrollably. I'm like, it's not a fucking surface to air missile. It's a goddamn Roman candle. It's a <laughs> <laughs> Did they, is it the fucking toilet bowl cracker 2000s? Just they got punches a hole in the fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> and and the the uh, main villain who <laughs> moments before Dakota Johnson drives a fucking ambulance through yeah, a that's billboard. that's the main weapon in this movie is hitting people with cars. <laughs> 
And, That's her fighting style. And, is. And I hit the, you with a car. This genius villain, this most dangerous man, leaps directly into the path of the ambulance to get hit by it. <laughs> and he, he bounces off of it like it's nothing. But do you want to know how they defeat this villain? <laughs> They drop part of a neon sign on him, and he that apparently does it. He gets peed on. The pee Despite, from a Pepsi logo, because the product placement is so fucking blatant in this movie. Oh, yeah. Despite. Also, Bud Light and Pepsi was... There's a dis- whole scene where she just plays with a Pepsi can right in front of the camera. She's like, I don't want to open this. Despite the fact that moments before he got hit with a fucking ambulance... <laughs> Going like 80 miles an hour. It was just fucking fine. This apparently is what does him in. It's yep. And then of course she she goes blind and they set up, they tease, they tease more they movies her, with these spider women. They give her the worst glass like that's part of her costume, Madam Webb. She has red glasses uh, to cover her eyes because she's blind. But the glasses they gave Dakota Johnson for her costume are the ugliest fucking glasses I've, I think I've ever seen. They're, they're they like look like s- bad versions of the 3D glasses I got for the Spy Kids movie. They look like something that so, Wesley Snipes would have worn on Blade Trinity. Well, he would have fucking pulled it off. Of course he would have. He's got style. So is this... Is this set up in the post credit? Is it is it a credit scene? I didn't no stay scene. for the post credit. There was that. no post credit scene. It All right, good. Ended. I got the because, fuck out of there. Oh, I should talk about the lack of that kind of stuff. The title screen. You know how Morbius had like that big neon '80s title screen with color and visual effects and all that shit, and yeah. it was like a title screen. This one just like Madam Web. This is the movie. It just pops up so in black and white. You- is this is the thing that I just said? Is this the the end of the movie? Is this when when she shows up with yes. her her glasses? Yeah, because her okay. other I just don't know how that fits she, in. One of her powers is that she can astral project. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I heard that when she splits into the ghosts and she can she can help. <laughs> she the helps them up people. out of like mildly precarious situations. Yeah, it's that really is not that, that heroic. Power. She's like, <laughs> here, let me ta- let me grab my fun. hand for a second. And, <laughs> And yeah, because the because okay. she goes back to the Amazon before the climax, which this is a like a time thing. Like she gets back there very quickly. Um, she goes to the Amazon, and he's like, first of all, he does say, uh, with these powers, with with this responsibility, you'll get a lot of power. When you <laughs> like, accept the great responsibility, you'll get great power. It's a complete butchering of yeah, the saying, and <laughs> and he's like. If you th- if you're really good, you can be in multiple places at the same time. And I would have thought like she would use that to be in New York, while like you know to get there back there quick. No, that would that was me thinking too hard. Um, no, yeah, that would have been clever. Of, there's a lot of really dumb little things. Um, one one thing I thought of was when she starts getting her powers. She's like it. The symptom it just looks like she got a concussion. Like her symptoms look like she just has a very <laughs> bad concussion. Yeah, and because she's like she's losing time, she's out of it. She's like she just... had, she had almost drowned. Um, yeah. that's what she was underwater. Like, powers. This is the symptoms of someone who has lost oxygen to their brain <laughs> for an extended period of time. And that is what uh, uh, Adam Scott's character is trying to tell her. <laughs> and she's like, "No, no, I'm good. I'll keep." No, it's just a little cardiac arrest. The heart starts again, and you're fine. Yeah, the doc literal dialogue that she she said. Yeah. The doc tells her, "Go home, watch an old movie." 
And what old movie does she watch in the the middle of summer? She goes to watch fucking A Christmas Carol. Yeah. <laughs> it's like July. Because it's and she's the watching. ghost of Christmas future. It's about changing the future. And they did a super on the nose, your future isn't written gag with a fortune cookie. Yeah. Because <laughs> her fortune cookie is like half unprinted. And like Adam Scott almost saves the scene where he's like, you know what this means? It means they're out of ink on their printer. We can't eat there anymore. Yeah. And I almost laughed. I almost laughed. Very close. You're trying. He's even even I half smirked. trying. He's trying so hard in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's like this. his his folding it in effort looks like an Oscar winning performance yeah. in comparison to some of these other people yeah. in this movie. There's the scene in the diner where the girls all just decide inexplicably to start dancing on top of a table. Well, they're trying like, to hook up with those guys. You see. Yeah. So you have to dance yeah, on the, top of the, the table waitress. in this diner in New Jersey. It's not like anyone to, can fuck down from there. To fucking, (laughs) it's coyote ugly. (laughs) Yeah, that's just normal behavior. Yeah, well, I mean, when Britney Spears' "Toxic" comes on, you gotta get up on a table and dance. Yeah, did I mention it's two thousand (laughs) three? I I guess yeah, I guess that is time appropriate. But shit, oh god, yeah. Um, Well, the reason they got that is they just googled what was the number one song in two thousand three, and they're like, okay, we'll get that in the movie. (laughs) Yep. There's the the subway scene where, again, it just plays the same scene like five times in a row because they're trying to get through that. She's like she's piecing together the visions of the future. Yeah, it, it does not translate well to screen at all. No. Um, And like I'm just left to wonder why this movie exists, how this got out of pre-production. I don't know. I don't understand the motivation to release something like this. I don't know who you thought the target audience would be. I don't know why you would then lie to your target audience by completely false advertising what the content of the movie is going to be. I mean, they they did a lot of promoting the the Spider-Woman to be in their like full outfits and costumes. It's all over the place. You cannot deny that. And people defending it, saying, oh, well, you know, it was in there, and it's, and it's in dream sequence, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's about Madam Web. It's not about those Spider-Women. Dude, it's, they are on the poster. They're all over the... Uh, there's so much promotional material yeah. with, like, just Sydney Sweeney in her suit. There's her going out promoting the movie, saying, oh, I, I got the inspiration to do the scene with my suit in, like, Upside Down from the comic. And it's like, that's in there for like 20 seconds. Yeah, I don't even. understand how people aren't like all on board with this being a complete and utter bait and switch and Sony should be paid <laughs> with their life for it. Like, I would I would join a class action suit to get my ticket money back. Like, fuck, this was... Do it. False advertising. This was so... It was... At least Morbius had the good decency to be like an hour and 40 minutes long and then let there be carnage have the decency to only be 90 minutes long this is almost two fucking hours it has yeah. no reason to be that long it overstays its welcome in the first like 15 minutes to the point where I was very seriously considering walking out of the movie with like 20 minutes left but I was like no Kurt that's just 20 more minutes you've come this far what you've <laughs> What if it ties it all together? <laughs> what if it's actually a good movie? <laughs> it's like the it's like when we were shitting on the Batman, and you're like, "Well, what if the first yeah. ten minutes saved it?" I I've said Scott and watched movie. the first ten minutes of the Batman, and my opinion is unchanged. 
This movie um, is also it also came out on on Valentine's Day. This is like sure a did. Day this was for feature. I think this was for the people who was like, do you not want to see a romantic movie Valentine's Day? Go see Madam Web, please. Yeah. I kind of wanted to get the Madam Web promotional popcorn bucket just so I could have a piece of internet trash. Was there? Yes, one? they were doing promotional regal buckets, um, which they're also doing. I I don't. If they're doing refill. They're doing the refillable the- buckets now, and they're big. They look to be pretty big and obnoxious. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get one, but like, if you don't get the Dune Part Two one, then I don't know if there's a movie I'm going to get it for. Like the only one I've ever gotten for was Spider Verse. Yeah, I mean maybe the next Spider Verse will be the next one I get it, but. I think- I got one for uh, Force Awakens. I might, you know what? I might Force get Awakens one for shot, Deadpool and Wolverine. That's one I could see myself That's possibly, yeah, going for. Um, if it's Deadpool pole dancing on the straw. Oh yes. my god! Yes, a thousand. I'll, I'll buy two. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I can't wait to to go to Dune and get my spiced popcorn. <laughs> That's what the Cheeto popcorn is going to be renamed to. <laughs> You're supposed to spice it in your seat. Spice melange. Um, yeah. Someone else. You open the bucket and goes. Ha, ha, ha. So if it's not obvious, I do not recommend Madam Web. Do not waste your time. Uh, wait for it to come out on Peacock. Even then, like it's not even this worth truly... the curiosity watch. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't quite reach the so bad it's good threshold. It's just. It just insults your intelligence for two yeah. hours. Um, I guess it, this is the cats the movie of superhero movies, uh, as the reviews say. Um, yeah, it doesn't have. There's no definitive shitty scene like in Morbius. We don't have the have sex dance. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go watch that dance after this because that was that was so much happier trash. Um, yeah. So Jake, I think you won. You didn't have to go see this movie. Uh, yeah, you saw the future. He's <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, the interesting part. I'm, I'm just looking through some of the trivia just to see if there's any other bonus blips. Um, and I do remember this. I maybe we, like, I guess it just was a long time ago because when they first announced Madam Web, the original screenplay um, was very Terminator inspired. So according yeah. to Dakota Johnson in an interview with the Rap, the screenplay underwent extensive rewrites re- to the point where it was no longer resembled the film that she signed on for. The original screenplay, which was described as darker and very uh, and very Terminator inspired. I remember that. Well, this what, movie. I mean, if you, Madam if you squint hard enough, this movie looks a little bit like the Terminator. Yeah. It it would have it would have been Madam Web and the Spider Women trying to protect a pregnant Mary Parker from Ezekiel Sims, who wants to kill her to prevent the birth of Peter Parker. I totally remember yeah, that. Like I remember. And, like, yeah, I totally forgot. Totally forgot that that was the original like thing about it, and that. It seems like they completely abandoned that that plot point where he's trying to kill the girls now because he doesn't want them to become Spider-Man. Because they're going to kill him. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he died, died by P, so... Yeah. Which stands for Peter. <gasps> I just... The, the idea that there was another Spider-Man running around New York City before Peter Parker... Just doesn't sit well with me. That makes sense. Yeah. No. I mean, he got bit by a spider. This is supposed to be. And the spider was. So I guess this is supposed to be in the MCU universe, right? Because like uh, Andrew Garfield 
Peter Parker wouldn't wouldn't have been old enough. I I don't even know which yeah. universe. So I I, I was under the I impression know. that like Venom and Morbius were in the Andrew Garfield universe. But now I'm not sure because this is like in no one's universe. Like they don't even reference like Oscorp or any of the other Spider-Man things. Yeah, because I, I feel I don't know right because yeah. Sony owns most of the Spider-Man related stuff. Sp- just not Sony owns the film rights to Spider-Man. Full stop. Like okay. the Marvel movies are made at the whim of Sony. Sony at any point in time can be like, nah, you don't get Peter for that. Okay. That's I mean, worse. You know, it, it, <laughs> I know we don't. They it, don't want to make more Spider-Man, right now. I mean, this is probably just a random, a random universe that has Madame Web and she'll eventually. Well, there was a version of this of this movie where uh, either the Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland Spider-Man would have appeared, but then during yeah. a rewrite they changed it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess this is the. The only silver lining, which might be a cloudy day for any other movies, is that she can show up in other movies because of her dimension projecting, astral projecting abilities. I would be like very surprised if Dakota Johnson agrees to come back as Madame Web ever. I hope she doesn't. <laughs> at for least, her sake. At least not under Sony. Yeah. At least not under Sony. Um, so, so, yeah, this, this joins the... Uh, the list of movies that I'm I'm befuddled as to how they got made. And uh, it's Craven one y'all... soon join that. Well, yeah. I don't have a lot of high hopes for Craven, given that Morbius and Venom 2. It, it's crazy that Venom 1, which is a movie that I kind of like, but I'll, I can see has quite a few flaws, um, is like far and away the best of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite sad um but it's neither here nor there until next time uh it's been the sounds of the podcast be well stay safe and probably like it's 1995 peace bye-bye